0: Boxing Heaters Podcast with Zach Plisak. I'm your host, Matt Teeters. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Zach, how are we feeling, baby? Let's go. Episode two. We're back. Good luck. Absolutely. We're happy to be here, bro. Happy to be here. So I want to jump right into it. You recently Uh just got your 10th win, which is a big accomplishment in the double digits. Crazy statistic. The Indians have now been no-hit on three times. Which has never happened in the MLB history, hundreds of years of baseball
1: games. Yeah, there hasn't been a team to not get any hits in three games during a season. Right, and you were the starter for every single one of those Indians games. dude. What is that? Why is that? What's going on, bro? The team's playing well. we got some really good yeah. hitting. Got some really good hitting. Got some great hitting. We were like, at one point in August, I think the best in the big leagues. Average, yeah. slug, everything. So yeah, I don't know why. That's crazy too. And honestly, every no-hitter we've had, our team's barreled balls up the whole game. It's like seemed like it was right at people or they'd be making great plays, you know? like It just seemed like it would be hit to the perfect spot where they would just have enough room and they would just be able to make a play on it. So it wasn't like... Like, nobody was hitting, you know what I mean? Like, we were still swinging it. I think it was just craziness, dude. The fact that I was pitching in all three of them, I don't understand. I don't even want to know. So you and I were both pretty big on vibes, good energy. And you've been doing a lot of reading lately. You've been doing a lot of journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, What have you been journaling about lately? dude? just uh, different things that happen throughout the day. It's like the things you want to journal, in my opinion, are when you're going through your day and you're like at a point where you're, you're kind of cruising, like you're flowing, you're just doing your thing. Something just pops into your head, right, that like makes so much sense. A click moment, you know, they call it. Something not even that dramatic, but just something that like you happen to just like think about all of a sudden. Hmm. Writing that down later when you remember it or right away, it was best case, But but my journal, It started in Seattle. I got this journal. It's like hide, it's handmade, it's super, super cool. I got like an ink pen to write with it. I was walking the boardwalk down by the water and I stumbled upon this guy at the market who was selling all these journals. And this one caught my eye that same night that I had gotten the journal. I'd made dinner reservations with a guy on our team, Henches. We were going to go get some dinner. We were in Seattle, whatever. And it so happens, like, he couldn't go because he wasn't vaccinated. At the time, MLB, if you weren't vaccinated, you couldn't go couldn't be indoor. Public, you right. couldn't go in an indoor setting. You could go in an outdoor public eating, but you couldn't go okay. inside. He couldn't go. So I had this reservation and I was by myself. I said, whatever. That's cool. I eat by myself all the time. Whatever. I'm on my way. It's like an eight minute walk. I'm on my way to the restaurant. across the street from me. This elderly woman. I won't even say elderly, like before elderly, but like, you know what I mean? Like she's upper middle aged. Right. You could tell she kind of starts like swaying her shoes. Like legit, like she stepped on the side of her shoe and her ankles like rolled and she just fell. She was carrying two whole bags of groceries. This lady falls, like, I'm t- there's, this there's, like, all right in front of you, right in front of me, like, the only, like, my line of vision was to see that happen to that lady. There was, like, a, another person up the street that weren't looking, there was a car that drove past and was, like, staring, but this lady ate it, dude. So ironically enough, it's right in front of me. Like it was like, I was put on path to see this lady. And so didn't know what to do at first. I'm like, is she gonna be okay? I'm kind of waiting to see, I'm about to cross, waiting for the light to turn, whatever, cross the street, help her up, help pick up her groceries with her. And she's got two paper bags, full thing of bacon in there, a dozen eggs, like watermelon, like some heavy shit, dude, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like a whole list of groceries that she went to the store to buy. I could tell she was like flustered, you know? and. I was like, where do you got to go? I can get the GPS for you on my phone. found out I talked to her the whole way back because I actually ended up walking with this lady all the way where she had to get back to. We get where she has to go, and it's the Cancer Care Alliance. That's where she's In headed. Seattle. So she right. came from Alaska. She's there for the week at either her cancer treatment yeah. or her cancer checkup. What could have turned out to be a disaster night for her. Randomly, I had crossed paths with her, seen the whole thing go down, and was able to help her get back. That day, I got the journal. I basically journaled that. And that's when I started journaling. So it happens two days later, I had the start in Seattle, left my cleats in Cleveland. So the clubbies there had to go to a nearby Dick's Sporting Goods. They had to get Adidas cleats because that's what I'm supposed to wear. It can only be like a certain color, a certain size. So like I got limited pickings of these Adidas cleats that honestly were like not one of their better cleats. They weren't big league at all, bro. And I had to go out there against a good lineup and like, compete give our team a chance to win you know what i mean i had to put aside the fact that i didn't have my cleats and i had to accept the fact that look thankfully i have some cleats i'm gonna be able to pitch Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna sit there and like dwell it could go south or i can be like all right This is my cleats, you know, I'm gonna go from this moment and just continue to take the best out of it That's when like my mindset started to change with everything when I started journaling I started reading the book. I was telling you about a new earth of her soul when I started reading that book That's like the transformation point in my life started to take place, bro So it's had a huge impact on my daily living and It's definitely allowed me to like learn things about myself and to like take things more literal You know, Seattle actually had a very big
0: uh, impact on my life, too. I was born there (laughs)
1: Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I've never been back. So I'm definitely coming out. Next yeah. game with you. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's tie. awesome. That all started out there for you. So the Lily classic that you guys just uh, participated in a few weeks ago. Tell me a little bit about the impact on being around the younger kids yeah. and your outreach to the community with the team. I know mm-hmm. you had a great time with your teammates doing all that. And then also you're following with the Boys and Girls Club.
1: Yeah, the Little Classic was sick. I actually have the hat from the Little Classic on right now, right now, with the pin and everything. Sick hat. That was an experience in itself, you know, dream come true type moment for me as a Little Leaguer. Like, that's the dream when you were in Little League, that's where you wanted to go play. You've seen it on TV, you know, it's just like they say, dude, it was almost a dream come true. I mean, just me even being able to talk to Little Leaguers and seeing how much of like in awe they were just to talk to you and hang, around, hang out with you and just like act cool with you you know like mm-hmm. if, if you're just being like normal and cool to them like they're just trying to be cool to you relate with these kids they just love baseball and they love having fun and like you know diving on the ground it was an awesome experience and just any way you can impact a younger kid you know that's why we do this you know in the end there's a level of inspiration that you know we can try to give back as much as we can you know it's never forceful but it's always just coming from like relating to somebody else having that connection just playing little league and playing baseball and just like being an athlete and being a kid. That's a cool connection, bringing it back full circle. But uh, yeah, that was that was an awesome time. And the Boys and Girls Club, actually, I've been quite a few times this this season. It's been so awesome going there. I've been to a couple of them around the city, being able just to hang out with them and just to see the joy on their face, you know, just to be able to do something that's out of the ordinary for them on a regular basis, you know, bringing in uh, slider who came in you know and like yeah. mustard and ketchup come in, and dance and do funny things and they all get fired up Yeah, um, play kickball You know, we talked about energy and, you know, bringing the spark and I tried to relate that some way where we could teach kids something, you know, like what's energy spark. So yeah, first energy showed up with me to Boys and Girls Club. They actually had a truck with a trailer, that whole demonstration of if a tree falls down on a wire where you can and can't touch it, if it's live or not, you know what I mean? So basically like a teaching lesson, which it's crazy to see the evolution of the way like kids learn things, you know, Mm because it's not a field trip, but like there was a field trip brought to them with like a science yeah, experiment, yeah. yeah. So they uh they you know had a squirrel running on the wire that was live, and it like got zapped and fell, and the kids like ah, freaking out. And it's just that's like, real though. That's how real that is. Yeah, I mean, so you touch crazy wire. So like they. Being fired up about being able to see all that and the sparks and the tree fall and the whole entertainment part of it, but like they learned something out of it too. And that in itself means, you know, so much to be able to give any form of either knowledge or people help other younger boys or girls find at least themselves within something. You know what I mean? Allow them to have the experience to be able to feel or like experience whatever it is, their own lens, you know, so then they can relate to other people through different ways however they want to. So, like, it's a cool experience. It's definitely something that means a lot to me. And I have a younger brother who's not quite that age. Like, literally, he's a uh, freshman in college now, sophomore now. So, you know, I grew up with a little brother, and I just love hanging out with the younger kids who are just wanting to be good people, you know, learning the yeah. ways of life. Absolutely. So you just brought up diving on the ground. I feel like that's
0: a really good analogy because you said that in the last episode, too. I feel like that's a good analogy for hard work and going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. So like your rookie year, um, you were on the ESPN Top 10. You had that crazy dive yeah. for yeah. the out. And that's that just ties right into
1: it. it yeah. Diving on the ground, Dude, going hard. No matter what, anywhere you can. It- that's funny that play brought me into the big leagues, you know, that like finally got me notoriety. I've had four top tens, bro, as a pitcher in three years. That's I didn't like, even know that. Not really, yet. yeah. Which is like something I'm trying to take pride in, bro, you yeah, know? Yeah, dude. And that's like the evolution of the game, dude, like the excitingness, like the... You're not just a ball thrower. Dude, you're, exactly. You're um, out there making plays, baby. Yeah, yeah. Even in high school, like in basketball, it was like the kid who was diving on the, the floor for a loose ball, he was going to play. He was gonna start yeah. Yeah. Like it was... No, no points, br- but 10 rebounds. Yeah, like Four steals like Absolutely. four fouls yeah <laughs> you know yeah but that's the way to do it man it's even Cleveland way. it's like Midwest way too you know where I'm from this blue collar like get it how you get it don't try to even be flashy with it you know just how, as long as you get it it doesn't matter you know and that's what even experiencing my last start where Velo was down and I'm like looking up to the board and I'm like damn that feels good why isn't it 95 like usually you know and it's like I had to like get over the fact that it wasn't saying 95 and everyone had to see it at a 90 mile fastball and as long as I went out there and got guys out, no one was gonna say shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like the point of, of my awareness to be like, look, some days you you got the juice and some days you gotta work through whatever, you know, there's different things that come up that switch to mojo and you just gotta get through it. What
0: kinda of blows my mind is when I see these highlights of these pitchers that have this style of submarine pitching. Yeah. So they're throwing the ball like they're throwing it under and it kinda of takes a little bit of a rise. Yeah. yeah. And your former teammate, um, Simber from last year. He used to throw like that. He still does for the Jays. Um, and Tyler Rogers, too. Yeah. Kind of want to get into how you develop your style yeah. and
1: what do you think about submarine pitching? Because there's
0: only a yeah. few guys that do it.
1: It's honestly crazy for those dudes who do it. They've mastered it. And it's like usually, I don't want to speak for these guys in particular, but it usually comes down to a guy who doesn't throw hard anymore. So he starts doing some other things to create deception and make the ball yeah. move as much as they can in different ways. So, like those guys who release the ball from down there can ride it. They can ride it different ways as opposed to throwing it overhand. You know what I mean? There's different releases on it, so you can get different actions that you can't get overhand. So it makes them that much more deceptive and different than anybody else. But, I mean, those dudes are both top relievers in the game, and you're talking about submarine pitchers. Personally, this come a long way with my delivery, you know? Like, it's it's crazy. Once you lock in your delivery, everything else can take care of itself, dude. It's like, all you got to do is get to the points in your delivery with whatever grip, and if you execute you'll be in a good spot for the most part dude there's times where you feel amazing there's times where you don't feel amazing and there's times where you're right in the middle and you don't know but you're going out there i'm telling you there's definitely room for me to click up and all my stuff still you know what i mean and it's crazy like being 26 having a few years in the show already trying to you know make an impact in the league it's like as soon as this comes together could be something special and it's you know piecing up every little by little you know if it's not one thing and then it's like the other thing but at least i got the other thing and then we're just building, dude, you know, and everyone has their own unique way of throwing. At the end of the day, you're catching balls like you're a center fielder. When you're in the middle of the mound, your mindset is like you're catching a ball from center field, dude's tagging from third, and you're just letting it rip at home, you know. You kind of grip it whatever you want, and you want to throw it through the zone, but you're not sitting there, like, trying to be, all oh, fine, you know, and that's when you start missing. That's when you start leaving balls over the plate because you fall behind. So uh, as long as you just get up there and however you want to do it, however your body moves, you obviously meets certain points of emphasis that require strong power positions, you know, with Mm -hmm. starting from the ground up and, like, getting the hand to a good spot. Um, But some of that goes out the window when you just bring in uniqueness and style. Everyone has their own way of doing it. Mm. That ties in really well with, so anyone that checks out your Instagram bio, you've got tempo, rhythm, and timing. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of how you live, dude. I feel like everything, you know, that's just the way of life. Like, if you wake up late, your tempo's rushed. The quality and everything lessens because you spend less time being able to actually do it. You wanna find the tempo where you're not rushed, but you're not like lagged in the the tempo of the the rhythm and then the timing of everything, you know? When it all comes together, and I feel like it all ties in with slowing everything down to the point where you almost like, the only thing you focus on is like your breath, you know? For a second, you're just like, let me just find where my feet are right now. Where am I, what are my hands doing? Where am I at? Everything. And I think it's important, dude. It's a great mantra. I love that. <laughs> what was one of the biggest shocks
0: you experienced during your debut and when you finally became a professional athlete, making it to the majors?
1: And then what did you see from some of the veterans in the locker room? Biggest shock I experienced after my debut? Probably going back to Chicago and seeing all the hometown fans who supported supporting me along the way. You know what I mean? Because that can kind of get lost once you leave hometown, right? Like you go to college. Some people like forget about you and then they hear you go pro. So they start following you again. Going back to Chicago and just seeing you know, all the support from people in my hometown, seeing them at the game that I was pitching in was, that was an experience for me that was shocking because it made me feel really good, really proud of where I came from, all the people I know and support me. And as far as the veterans for the locker room, they're important. They're the most important mold of the locker room, in my opinion. It's hard to roll out a group of young guys and go play 160 games or whatever, and keep everything together, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when the older veterans are in the clubhouse, they're the older guys who know how to kind of like slow things down, kind of get on someone's ass, kind of like, when it's a big moment, they know how to act, you know? And then it's like, that's how us young players learn how to act in those moments from those guys. So like, there's different ways veterans can go about their business too, you know? they Some veterans are salty, bro, and they, just want to pick on young dudes for things that they can't experience and enjoy anymore. You know what I mean? Like, whether it be being young and you're trying to party or whatever you hang out with girls or you listen to certain music or you like certain rooms on your car or whatever. You know, there's some guys who are, like, not old school, but there's guys who are just different. That's not their cup of tea for being showy, you know, they are business professional. And when you get to this level, that's what's cool, is like the professionalism is always there. There's just different styles of professionalism, you know. Mm Going back to the veterans, it's important for them to establish something to look to, like, at least something that these younger guys can be like, all right, I can at least be like him, you know, and to an extent take it in their own way and turn that to who they want to be as a person and a player because at the end of the day, like, you can't expect to do what all these other guys do for you to have the most success for yourself, you know. You, you have to abide by certain whatever it is that is the team rule, you know what I mean, but mm-hmm. it's like there's a point where the – identity of who you are and individualism come, needs to be shown in the in these realms of like what everyone has to abide by you know it's like everyone has to wear a college shirt all right everyone wear a college shirt your college shirt might look different than my college shirt you know what i mean like your college shirt might be from chaps plaid it up you got leather shoes on belt you know whatever and you got your hair slicked back maybe i have you know jeans on high tops College t-shirt that's a little bigger and, you know, but like, it looks good. It's not, it doesn't look good. Yeah, (laughs) long, you know, dude, it's like the disconnect, you know. How, how far into the pettiness is it to where it's important? Right. I mean, like to where, like, where is it, where should it be addressed and where should it not? And then at some point it just gets in the way of being a winning team. It's like, you're literally focused on something that you don't want to be focusing on because, don't want to be focusing on because like you brought attention to it. Mm -hmm. And there's no need for that, you know. There's a way to come about and bring attention to something that, say, isn't right, but there's a way to not use that as either, like, a distraction or use it as, like, a way to, not to humanize someone, but to, like, show your authority to somebody, you know? Put them down. It's only should be to pick them up, no matter what, unless they're being a jackass and they're purpose, you know, I don't I do whatever I want. There comes a point where you just got to be picking everybody up. You can't be making people feel bad for not doing it. Somebody else wants them to do, you know? Right. So, this is that that part to it. Right. So, we got this bottle of uh,
0: Pinot Grigio. The reason I got it is because this label is insane. It's called The Prophecy. That's a cool label. So, I think it fits perfect. Wow. I a little ASMR here. See how we sounding. Listeners, let us know on our Boxing here social media pages.
1: Would you like to pull me
0: some? Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Cheers, brother. My brother. Quick reminder to all the listeners. One of the first 500 followers on each Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, social media pages, at Boxing Heaters has a chance to be the lucky winner of a signed Zach Lissak baseball. It's going to be it's gonna be sick. I'll sign the hell out of it, too. I'll make it look good. So, I mean, perfect. Since you're holding that baseball right now and you got the feel for it, I know a lot of people ask you and they want to know, this season, you had a little speed bump, a little bump in the road. Um, you had a thumb injury, which is major for a starting pitcher, obviously. Why don't you go into a little bit about how exactly that injury happened
1: and then kind of a little bit of the aftermath? I still got the mark on my thumb. Can you see it? You did, Yeah, your, your nail's a little Yeah. normal. that? It's like a brown spot and white. The doc said it's like a reflection of something underneath. Yeah but it was at the base of my thumbnail. It's just growing up now. Yeah, and yeah. obviously it's been growing. He said it takes 100 days for your nail to grow all the way. So that's kind of cool. But dude, no, I broke my thumb, came back two weeks early, grinding, bro. you know? Supposed to be out six weeks. What happened was, playing Minnesota, perfect through three, feeling great. Day game, getaway game. No, yeah, we're playing Minnesota, perfect through three. Fourth inning comes. It was like a weird play, in-betweener. Base hit, base hit, fall behind, homer. We run homer. Just like that, it's like 4 nothing. I'm like, what the heck, dude? And it's hot, dude. It's the middle of summer. It's humid, dude. It just rained like the night before. So it's like the morning of the heat. When the heat finally is at, like, reaching its peak mid-afternoon, you know, when all the water's coming out and it's, like, mid-peak, we were playing in that. Basically, that's the environment I was in at the time. So I'm, like, sweating. That outing is finished. Take it to the clubhouse. and What are you dude, feeling? What are your emotions? And I'm upset, dude, obviously, with the outing. And... Definitely too upset to the point of, like, I wasn't fully present and aware of where I was. You know what I mean? Like, I was more worried about what was happening that just had happened and I can't control anymore than what I was doing with myself. So, like, I'm sitting in my seat, checking my phone, got my jersey over my head, kind of just, like, leaning back. Uh, get down on my phone, throw my phone down, go to take my jersey off over my head, and I'm sweaty. You know, obviously, it's hot middle of the day. Rip my jersey off struggling, and I'm sitting back on my seat just like this, and I pull it over my head and through my legs and clip my thumb on the inside of my chair. Ooh, grab my thumb, and I thought, like, it's happened so quick. You know, I felt it. I'm like, dang. I thought my nail ripped off right away. I looked down, and my nail wasn't off, but there's a blood blister, like, right below my my thumb. Instantly. So I'm like, yeah, instantly. A blood blister. Yeah. I'm like, what the that makes no sense. I'm like, damn, this hurts, though. So I'm like, dude, I probably just jammed it. Jammed my finger a million times, hooping, whatever. So pull on it, dude. We're good. Pulling on it, dude. It's like as hard as I can, bro. I can it's jammed. And uh, I woke up the next day. Or we actually, after that game, flew to Detroit. And uh, from that point, bro, I knew it was broke. I went and saw a doctor. Got an x-ray. Because I was like, I want to know. Because I wasn't going to say anything to anybody. Wear it. Have a busted ass thumb pitch in five days. Hopefully, in the fifth day, like I felt good enough to throw it as hard as I can. Right. Because you don't want to deal with all those repercussions and all of that. Just just trying to do everything you can to avoid it. Oh, dude. Yeah. So but I found out to... that it was broke. So I was like, damn, yep. I got to tell somebody. Yep. So told the trainer, they took their x-ray, took it to the house, bro. And basically I just rushed the process back as quick as I could. I got some calcium vitamins, you know, I got some, I was making sure I'm on the right diet. I'm not like consuming anything that would slow down the healing process. I'm trying to do everything I can and more, get, get back out of there as fast as I could. And it was like, we came back two weeks early. And then next thing you know, I was like, People started getting sniped, you know? Like, people started going down soon after I came back. What do you crazy. mean? Savali gets hurt. Mm. Shane gets hurt. Mm. Fran Mill tweaked his oblique. It was like Birdo was already hurt. It was like everyone was getting smacked, bro. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the thumb was just a bump in the road. I missed a few starts. Um, but at the end of the day, dude, the way I'm looking at it, it's all, it's all a blessing, you know, in disguise. There's something for some reason, I was supposed to break my thumb and not pitch for those couple weeks, six weeks or a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. I missed like five or six starts, which is like important, you know, obviously important, but you know, even I've had one full season in the minor leagues or two full seasons. This will be my first full season in the big leagues. Technically it'd be like my third season, but COVID last year and the year before that, I came up in May. So like, Right. This is my first full big league season mm-hmm. of 162 games. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Astros, what, Mariners, everybody. So like, there's a point too where like I'm going through that for the first time, and I'm learning how to build and store energy and make sure I'm at least on an upward trend for the whole season, to so where I can look back and be like, damn, I'm in a good spot. I really liked your social media
0: campaign it was hashtag Thumbs Up. Yeah, yeah. Just for a couple weeks, you were posting. Yeah.
1: I almost I was gonna keep going with it. I don't know why. It's great. Is it great? Yeah. We're definitely going to make some hashtag thumbs up shirts, Boxing Heaters podcast. I have the jersey, bro that I took off and broke my thumb in,
0: I kept it. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. So tell me this. When's the last time you amazed yourself? Because people watch you on TV all the time. I mean, they see you do amazing things, boxing eaters, throwing the ball that fast. You're a professional athlete, so you're doing things that a lot of people can't do. But when's the last time you took maybe a step back after you did something, You're like, wow.
1: even if it's off the field? The last time was just my last start. I think just not having my best stuff and going out there and Giving a quality start, just hoping to like keep our team in the game, you know, and just knowing like when you don't have your best stuff, how you can manage and how you're able to know at least understand what you get with your worst with your worst stuff you know what i mean like in that way when you do have your great stuff you can be dominant you know and that kind of goes with everything it's like when you're not feeling it that day or you're not like feeling extra lively or feeling like you're gonna get some shit done like how are you gonna at least manage to get something done that is gonna keep you at a point where you're not overdoing it or over stressing or anything you know what i mean mm-hmm. but yes. well, when you're training so you're training whether it's during the season or off
0: season do you feel yourself of like elevating. Do you, oh, do you yeah. feel the hard work yeah. that you're putting in?
1: Every day, man, yeah. I was just talking to our mental skills coach about this, how people go to the gym just to go to the gym, but they can't expect to go to the gym because they go to the gym, now they're going to have this good body, you know? It's like they got to get on a certain machine, hit each rep individually as best as they can, each individual rep. You can feel when you're getting better, you know? You're like, I'm in it right now, like I'm getting better. And that's how it feels in the off season when I'm really training and really going. There's, there's certain things that, even even still for me, like. The they're like, all right, this is what you got to do today. This is on the schedule. And I'm going through it. And I'm like, I mean, this is like hard, but like, I don't know if I'm getting better doing this. You know what I mean? It's like when those experiences come where you feel like you are getting better, that's that's the feelings you look for, you know, every single day. Going back to the last question about last time I amazed myself, I really feel like every day, like I amazed myself every day with what happens, you know, it's like a, allowing myself to live by A certain expectation every single day, you know, at least like the awareness of being present, not trying to get too ahead of myself or think dwell on the past too much. Like that awareness is so hard to do when you can see yourself like doing it more and more subconsciously. That's like, that's amazing because then you just have a healthier, happier, more joyful like experience throughout the day, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: So we're posted up here in Ohio City, city of Cleveland. Um, Other than minimal traffic, and uh, the short amount of time it takes to get around the city. What are some of your favorite parts? There's some good golf
1: around here. There's good people around here. Cleveland's cool, I mean, just Midwest, just like how I'm used to growing up. Some of my favorite spots around Cleveland, obviously. I'm ripping Barley House tonight, actually. Barley House, Cleveland, representing to Forever. Forever. My boy, Chris Loftus, yeah. always hooking it up. Forever, man, he's always been with family. That place is, is goaded. Uh, town Hall. Cleveland's—it's always love, you know. And when you meet people, and if you're a good person, everyone takes care of each other. So yeah. that's something that in other cities that I've been to, people won't give a shit about you. You know, as long as they get theirs, and it's like I feel like yeah. here there's a good like group of people who at least like will take care of each other. Yeah,
0: last episode we were talking about. I was actually a little jealous. We were talking about how you're out on the boat. So this oh, past yeah. Labor Day, I actually got to go out. Had a buddy from PA bring his boat. Yeah. Went out there. It was the uh, Cleveland Air Show. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw videos of that. Yeah, it was yeah. a great time. Beautiful day. It was the whole weekend. It was great here. Perfect weather. And Cleveland's lucky to have this huge body of water. Yeah. Right across from Canada. You know. Yeah. Not nothing crazy. The waves can get pretty choppy. It's not the ocean, but I mean, it's yeah. great. Before we wrap it up, I got kind of a deep question for you. We've been talking a lot about vibes and kind of the mantra that you live by but what's one piece of advice whether it was uh, from a veteran in the clubhouse or maybe a family member what's one piece of advice that you live by this one
1: quote that will always stick with me it comes from my boy from high school his braxton b rice his dad we played football together his dad we'd go to his house with football games and he'd like get subway or get food chill up hang out and seven o'clock game time, you know, school got out at like two forty five. But his dad would always say every Friday, He'd give you knocks, and give me knocks and say hit or get hit. So it's just kind of words I live by is hit or get hit. You got to either, you got to make the, I'm not talking about like fighting or like doing anything crazy, but that's just being like assertive in anything you want in life. Like you can't just sit back and expect whatever you want to come and get handed to you. You got to go out, go out and get it, you know? And it's You can't get pissed off when things that happen to you that you can't always control. Exactly, you can't always control. And it's like, dude, as long as if you get hit, it's hard bro, you know. If you're throwing if you're the one hitting out there, you're the one making the plays, you know, you're the one doing mm-hmm. and it's just being an athlete, using that to look like life, but high school football, yeah, my boy Braxton's dad said hitter or fit, hit. I was like, damn, I'm gonna live by words. That's fair. That's exactly what I was looking for
0: in an answer, bro. <laughs> Do you ever talk to uh you ever talk to Braxton's dad about that? And yeah. I hadn't talked to him about it. But... Look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. This has been great, brother. We'd just... love to get in touch with the fans. Uh, please reach us at boxingheaters at gmail.com. Hit us, direct message on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Boxing Heaters. If you have any comments or questions or anything for Zach or the show, please write in, boxinheaters at gmail.com. Remember, we're going to be doing the baseball giveaway. We're going to doing a few giveaways. We're going to have some merch.
1: We're going to go big time, baby. Yes, sir. This is Major Leagues. (laughs) Major Leagues. My God. Cool. Good looks, bro. Again, this has been been good, bro. I can't wait to get back on here and talk to you about more things. There's so much to cover, bro. We're just getting started on... Everything, you know, we're going to open it up like once it kind of gets out there and open expand it We're gonna bring it in. everybody kick
0: ass this week Appreciate you for uh, tuning in this has been boxing Heaters with Zach police I'm your host Matt Teeters get it. it's
1: it's cool.
0: My boy, boy.